God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Come on in, saints. Uh, it is a joy to be with you tonight. <clears throat> and we're excited about what God is saying and what he's doing for such a time as this. So come on in. God bless you as you're coming in. So good to see you. And uh, we're excited about what God is saying tonight. Welcome to School of the Spirit, <clears throat> where we are growing uh, in the Spirit of God. So I'll give you a moment to just let someone know uh, that we are on, that we are here. And uh, I'm excited about what God wants to say to us tonight. I believe that it will be very fruitful uh, and impactful for such a time as this. And uh, I've got a few things that are coming in. God bless you. Amen, Brother Otis. Good to see you. Hope you get the messages, man. We love you. Uh, and so it's good to see you. Uh, you can always respond. Good to see you. God bless you, Mama Williams. God bless you, Sister Rosie. We see you. Come on in, everybody. Uh, let's get ready to grow in the word. Uh, tonight, <clears throat> I am uh, going to make sure that you have uh, as many of the notes as possible. Uh, and so what we did to make sure that you have the notes. Thank you, my son. What we did to make sure you have the notes is uh, I put together uh, the material tonight so that way you're able to have it and you can access it. So tonight we are in the School of the Spirit where we're going to launch a new series tonight uh, called Press for the Power. A new series called Press for the Power. Press for the power. God bless you, Brother Carol. Press for the power. And our our impetus for launching this series is going to be embracing the next dimension, embracing the next dimension. And all of our uh, ministry family, wherever you are uh, viewing us from, you'll be able to have access to this through our podcast, through our Facebook uh, and YouTube campuses. And on Instagram as well. Amen. So we're, we're dealing with the work of the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> but I want to take it a step further and a step deeper tonight. And hopefully I'm able to cover a lot of ground. Uh, before we get started, uh, we are getting ready for Holy Week. And I pray that you would join us. We're going to do something very different. Next week, we will still maintain our Tuesday night gathering. But we're also going to have a special revival on next week. Uh, Wednesday, no, next week, Thursday and Friday. So next week, Thursday, revival next week, Thursday and Friday. Uh, and you will see uh, several voices that will be involved and that will be a part. Uh, and some of those persons will be uh, Prophet Amzi White, uh, as well as uh, you'll see others that will be involved. Bishop Donald Edwards, all of those will be involved next week for our revival. It's going to be a very powerful time, uh, and that will be online only for Holy Thursday and Good Friday at 7.30 p.m. So uh, if you are able to join us, we would love to have you online. We'll be online next week, Thursday and Friday. Next week, Thursday and Friday, uh, and it's going to be online only on our Facebook and YouTube platforms. Amen. Let's get to the word. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for what you're doing and what you're continuing to do. And now, Lord, let the words of our mouth, meditation of our hearts be acceptable in our sight. Oh, Lord, our strength and our redeemer. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God and amen. Press for the power. Press for the power. Press for the power. I want to begin by laying a foundation tonight, uh, and I, I have been so strengthened by church history, and so I want to start with this as you're coming on. Please let someone know as you're coming in, uh, as we begin tonight, in Jesus' name, amen. So I want to talk about press for the power, press for the power, the power of God, uh, allowing the power of God to be active uh, and involved in our lives. We had a very powerful time on Spark this past Friday, and I would encourage you to re-listen. Bless you, my brother, Bishop Davis. I would encourage you to re-listen. Uh, and we were dealing with the importance of being filled with the Spirit of God, the importance of the Spirit of God uh, transforming us, the Spirit of God leading us, and the Spirit of God directing us. And so I want to really deal with that tonight. So press for the power. Press for the power. How does this work? Uh, it was uh, Saint Seraphim of Sarov, a a church father, uh, a historian, a historic figure that was mightily used by God uh, years ago, who said the true aim of our Christian life consists in the acquisition of the Holy Spirit of God. I'm going to say that again very slowly. The true aim of our Christian life consists in the true acquisition of the Holy Spirit. So the aim of our Christian life, the aim of our Christian journey is to acquire the Spirit of God. I want you to say this with me. I want you to type this in. I want you to uh, declare this with me. God wants me filled. God wants me filled. Filled. F-I-L-L-E-D. Filled with the Spirit of God. And so how does that work? How do we develop a robust, a powerful, a dynamic relationship with the Spirit of God? That's what we want to really deal with uh, over these uh, next few weeks as it comes to understanding spiritual formation, understanding growing in our walk with God, understanding how to discern. Thank you. I see some of you saying it. That's right. God wants me filled. Amen. Come on in. God wants me filled. And share this with someone on YouTube, uh, on Facebook, on Instagram. Share this with someone. It's been a very, very powerful night. God wants me filled. I want us to go to the word of God, to the book of Genesis. And as you know, this is Bible study, so we will touch quite a few scriptures. The book of Genesis, chapter number one, very familiar passage, uh, but I want to deal with this in a very unfamiliar way. Genesis chapter number one, and we're going to look at verses one and two. We're going to start there. Genesis chapter number one, and we're going to begin in verses one and two. Two. That's right, Mother Williams. Amen. Genesis chapter one, verses one and two. Uh, and so I want to look at this in the beginning. Now, old Dr. E.V. Hill would say that it was in a beginning because that could be uh, a bit perplexing in terms of its grammatical layout. But in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And the Spirit of God 
was hovering. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. I want us to highlight that word hovering. I want us to highlight that word hovering. I want to really take my time with this because a lot of times we hear things and we don't always understand it. Bless you. A lot of times we hear things we don't understand it. So let's 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 look again at that verse. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was out form and void. Darkness is over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, here's where I want to land. That word hovering in the Hebrew, uh, rakal, that word hovering over in the Hebrew literally means to brood, okay? It means to uh, be relaxed, to flutter, and and I, I think about that word fluttering. I want to stop for just a second. Uh, Pastor uh, Dara, my wife, is on. Uh, and I think about that word fluttering because right now my uh, newborn uh, is in the womb. I have a baby that's in the womb. And uh, uh, when that baby is, when I hold my, listen to my wife, uh, her belly, or put my head by it and all of that, uh, sometimes she'll say, hey, look, the baby's moving. It's fluttering. You can feel the movement. And that's that's a similar similar way of thinking of this particular passage here, uh, that the Spirit of God begins to hover. Spirit of God begins to flutter. Spirit of God begins to move. And, and I want to really lay this as a foundation. Now, notice something here. Let's let's go a step deeper with this, this word hovering. OK, it means to flutter. It means to move. It means to shake. So the spirit first comes hovering over the face of the deep. I want to take my time because of the, the strength of where we're going to go. The spirit first comes hovering over the face of the deep. So God, in the beginning, brings order out of chaos. God brings order out of chaos. I was spending some time, uh, soaking in the word of God this morning for a few hours and was meditating and praying. And one of the things I was reminded of is how uh, intentional God was with how he ordered the close of a season in Genesis 49 and 50, and then the introduction and the beginning uh, of Exodus chapters 1 through 5. And what we notice are two things. First of all, when you look at the life of Joseph, Joseph has a very unique uh, undertaking, and we dealt with this a little on Sunday. And so I want to reiterate just for a second uh, in Bible study. It's Pastor Hicks there. God bless you. Uh, and so I want us to just think about this. Uh, in Genesis, we see Joseph, who goes from a rural background into royalty. In Exodus, we see the opposite, where Moses goes from royalty as an adopted son of the daughter of Pharaoh into a rural space. Uh, and so we see in Genesis the ascending to the throne, uh, and then in Exodus, the descending into the wilderness. And so you see a, a dynamic of the kingly uh, and then the priestly. Uh, so in one sense uh, of the beginning of the uh, Old Testament, we're introduced to uh, stature and prominence. And in the other sense, we're introduced into the pasture and structure. Now, why is this important? This is important because when it comes to hovering, uh, 
the spirit of God hovering over the face of the deep. There are some things that we have to really understand. God brings order out of chaos. Now, one of the things I want to submit to you tonight, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what you're facing, no matter the things that are happening around you, God and God alone is able to bring order in disorder. He's able to bring clarity in the midst of confusion. He's able to bring direction in the midst of distraction. And I believe he is bringing us into a greater dimension of order in this particular season that he's called us in. Now, here's where I want to land with this. So that word hovering connotes sweeping or moving rather than staying stationary. So in other words, God is always on the move. God is always on the move. The question is, are we moving with him? Okay, uh, because the spirit of God is hovering over the face of the deep. God is moving already by his spirit. And sometimes we can be like Jacob and the power of God, the presence of God is, is in front of us and we're completely unaware of it completely have no idea what's happening. Have you ever been in a, a service or had a moment where something tremendous was happening? Uh, and then you can look at someone else and they're there, but they're really not there. And, and it's very possible for us to become so complacent that we really make no space and no room for the spirit of God to do a deep work in us. And I, I really want to deal with this because we're witnessing today a society that is very superficial and very shallow, very superficial and very shallow. We get a little comfortable, very superficial and very shallow. And what happens as a result of that? What happens as a result of that, that superficiality uh, and being shallow, what happens is uh, whenever things don't go the way we want them to, uh, we lash out. Right. Come on. Let's really be honest. You know, uh, you'll hear people whenever God doesn't answer the prayer the way they want them to. Uh, they 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 get attitude or they say something or they think this way. And so we want to develop maturity and we develop maturity. And I want you to share this word with someone. Uh, let someone know that we're sharing this. We develop maturity by our intentionality. And I want you to hear me. Growth. And I've taught this and I will continue teaching this until you catch it and see it. Growth is always intentional and intimidating. Growth is always intentional and intimidating. Why do you say that? Because when you develop the desire to grow, you have to crush complacency. Uh, I see my Canada connection there. Okay. When you develop the desire to grow, you have to crush complacency. Why is this so important? Why is this so important? This is so important because it's going to demand something from you. It's going to demand something from you. Uh, number one thing I tell you all the time, whenever you start a new venture, you start something, you start a business, start a manager, start, uh, have a new idea. Never expect the people you know to support you first. <laughs> And oftentimes people say, what do you mean? Uh, oftentimes you end up having people who don't know you support you better than folk you know. And somebody on here tonight knows I'm telling the truth. Uh, and the reason being is because most people have a tendency to only see you by how they met you. And so they don't see 
the undergrowth and the work that God is doing in you behind the scenes. I'm not sure who that's for tonight, but I want you to know that despite what's happening around you, there is a lot going on at an unseen level, even when it doesn't make sense initially. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And and so uh, I want us to to go a step a step further here. Go a step further. As I'm going to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, look at this here, and this is very important. Okay. Uh, it was Saint Marcarius the Great uh, who said something that I think is very important. I believe in church history. I love it. As the Lord put on the body, leaving behind all principality and power. So Christians put on the Holy Spirit and are at rest. I believe that this is a season now. I believe this is a season now where God's calling us to be at rest. And I'm not saying rest in terms of going and rest with the Lord, but I'm saying this. Someone says it's for me. Amen. I'm saying to you that this is an hour and a time now where God is calling us to be at rest. And we have to learn, we have to learn to allow the spirit of God to move in us, through us, and with us as he continues to direct us, okay? And this is extremely critical for where we are. So through the work, through the work of the Holy Spirit, through the work of the Holy Spirit, we are moved from the slavery of sin into the joy of salvation. I, I'm excited about tonight. I'm excited about that. I'm going to say that again. Through the work of the Spirit, we are moved from the slavery of sin into the joy of salvation. And ultimately, into the sonship of God. I want us to look at 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 2. 1 John chapter 3, verse number 2. Thank you, Sister Chanel. 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 2. Our subject tonight, we're talking about press for the power. First week of press for the power, the power of the Holy Ghost. 1 John chapter 3, verse number 2. Let's look at it, okay? It says, Beloved, now we are the sons of God, the children of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. It has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, when he shall appear, we shall be like him but we shall see him as he is. So one of my favorite passages was one of the passages that, that was a mandatory memorized scripture I had to memorize when I was a little boy. So uh, that, that scripture like comes out of me like water. Uh, <laughs> I used to memorize it, sing it, you name it. Again, beloved, 1 John 3 and 2. Now we are the sons of God and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him and we shall see him as he is. So laying a foundation, ultimately, God is taking us from the slavery of sin into the joy of salvation, ultimately into the sonship of God. And, and why is this important? This is extremely important because 
of where God is taking us and what he desires to do in and through our lives. Let's go a step deeper with this, okay? Uh, so I want to look at a few attributes of the Holy Spirit. I want to look at a few attributes of the Holy Spirit. And I think that this is going to really make sense and it's going to really bless you. We'll look at a few attributes of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the executive arm of the Godhead. He is active as God speaks his word. The Bible reveals that the person of the Holy Spirit has been the primary agent in all of the ministry of the word throughout the centuries. And I laid some of my notes out because I wanted you to be able to get this uh, into your heart and into your spirit. Amen. So let's 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 look at this. Let's unpack this. All right. He is active. Remember, the Holy Spirit is not an it. OK, that's what sometimes it used to drive me crazy. Somebody, oh, I don't know. It happened to me. No, he comes upon us. OK, he fills us. All right. He is a person. OK, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. All right. Um, he is active as God speaks his word. The Bible reveals that the person of the Holy Spirit has been the primary agent in all of the ministry of the word throughout the centuries. So how does this work? Scripture teaches us that the Godhead operates co-equally, co-eternally, co-existently as one unit. Okay, this is why we understand the power of the name of Jesus. When you have seen the Son, you have seen the Father. That's why we have to understand the authority of the name of Jesus. And uh, it was Dr. Leonard Sweet, and I talk about this in my new book, my latest book, rather, Live Out Loud. Uh, Dr. Leonard Sweet said that we're living in a day today that is suffering from JDD, Jesus Deficit Disorder. <laughs> and he said the reason why is because we don't like to talk about the name of Jesus. Do you know that demons still tremble? at the name of Jesus. Hell still shakes at the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Never diminish the power of the name of Jesus. Never diminish the power of the Holy Ghost. Never diminish the authority we have in Christ because of who we are as believers. And we're living in a time today in which many no longer make room for the Spirit of God because we think we don't need him. As long as we have a good time, as long as we make our money, as long as we do our thing, we don't need God. Thank you, Sister Michelle. And so I want to remind us tonight of the importance of the work of the Spirit. And so in light of that, in light of that, in light of that, the function of each member of the executive is the Father. The architect is the son. The contractor is the Holy Spirit. Again, executive is the father. The architect is the son. The contractor is the Holy Spirit. So how does this work? Let's look at this. Let's unpack this. First of all, first of all, first of all, bless you, Pastor Wayne. Good to see you. First of all, the scriptures show the Holy Spirit uniquely and distinct in several roles. And I want us to understand this as we're growing in scripture tonight. Okay. First of all, he is the author of the Old Testament. 
And a lot of times we tend to think, oh, that's old. That's the law. I don't need it. All scripture is God breathed. All scripture is God breathed. All scripture is God breathed. So there's no such thing as liking one part and not using the other part. All of it works together. And anytime we like to separate one from the other, we fall into error. I want you to remember this principle. Any truth taken to the extreme becomes error. Any truth taken to the extreme becomes error. So we have to hold all truth in tension. Any truth taken to the extreme becomes error. I won't take my time tonight so that we're able to grow together, okay? Any truth taken to the extreme becomes error. And we see a lot of extremes today. We see a lot of extremes uh, in doctrine. We see a lot of extremes in behavior. We see a lot of extremes in a lot of different areas of ministry uh, because whenever there is an extreme, we tend to go uh, in the opposite direction. I'm, I'm, I'm almost where I need to be tonight. I'm not going to be as long as I normally am. Let's move a step further. He is the author of the Old Testament. So how does this work as the author of the Old Testament? How does this work? Well, let's, let's look at this again. Okay. So as the author of the Old Testament, first of all, 2 Samuel chapter 23 and verse number 2. 2 Samuel chapter 23 and verse number 2 shows us something here. All right. Second Samuel chapter 23 and verse number two, where it says, the spirit of the Lord spoke by me and his word was on my tongue. It's the author of the Old Testament. Uh, then Isaiah 59, Isaiah 59. I have these scriptures here. Isaiah 59 and verse number 21. Isaiah 59 and verse number 21 says, as for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them, my spirit who is upon you and my words, which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth. This is Isaiah, uh, Isaiah 59, 21, nor from your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants, descendants, says the Lord, from this time and forevermore. Last scripture I want to use for this is the author of the Old Testament. And I want us to look at this. And then I have one more thing and then we're going to shift gears for tonight. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 19, 20, and 21. I hope this is making sense. I know whenever you're quiet, that means you're listening, you're taking it all in, and that's fine. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. Let's go to the word of God. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place. And this is what the oh, uh, what the new covenant does for us as new covenant believers. Uh, the light shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star 
rises in your hearts. Well, who is the morning star? Christ. Jesus is the lily of the valley, the bright and the morning star. So the light, uh, the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, <clears throat> that no prophecy, and this is very important because we see this happen a lot, no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. The prophecy never came by will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. This is why scripture must always be paired with scripture. Uh, my grandfather used to say a text out of context is a pretext. A text out of context is a pretext. What does that simply mean? It means when I pull the scripture out from its original understanding, uh, I'm wrecking havoc with that scripture. So a text out of context is a pretext. And that's why we have to understand the importance of the word of God. Because if we don't understand the importance of the word of God, we'll be deceptive to anything. Because like I just told you, any truth taken to the extreme becomes error. Okay. Uh, so, so we have to be mindful. We have to be mindful of that. That's right. Line upon line, Precept bun precept, here a little, there a little. I, I, that's the way I teach and preach the word. I'm teaching this tonight for a reason, okay? Second Peter chapter 1, verse 19 to 21 says very clearly, and I want you to understand this because this is very uh, important for where we are. Notice what the word of God says. It says that we are to take heed as a light shines in the darkness. That means that darkness is inevitable. There will be darkness. Darkness is inevitable until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. So the spirit of God is going to rise in our hearts. And what happens when the spirit of God rises? He raises us up. He brings us into new dimensions of understanding. He brings us into a greater awareness of who he is. He brings us into a greater awareness of who we are because we come to know who Christ is in a greater way by the spirit. So not only is he the author of the Old Testament, I'm closing with this, he is also the author of the New Testament. And, and for this, I want us to look at John's gospel. I want us to look at John's gospel. I want us to look at John's gospel. And when we look at John's gospel, uh, I want us to take a look at John's gospel, chapter 14, verses 25 through 26. John's gospel, chapter 14, verses 25 through 26. And here's what the word of God says. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, the advocate, will, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. I get excited when I read this. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said unto you. So what does the Spirit of God do? The Holy Spirit, the helper comes and he teaches us all things. Everybody type in and say all things. I want you to see. Come on, talk to me now. All things. Ah, I'm, I'm closing with this. But notice uh, he says he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said unto you. So in order for me to really understand the dynamics and the dimension of my relationship with God, I have to receive the filling of the Spirit of God so that he can bring all things back to my remembrance. The Holy Spirit, then, is our teacher. 
That's why when I, I'm very leery when people say stuff like, oh, the Lord's led me to do that. And the Lord led me to do this. And the Lord led me to do that. The Holy Spirit is not in this Holy Spirit is not ignorant. The Holy Spirit uh, is not rebellious. The Holy Spirit uh, is not <coughs> possessive in terms of trying to take control in unseemly ways. All right. The Holy Spirit is an intelligent spirit because he is the all intelligent one, the spirit of God. And so we have to understand that and we have to teach that so that we come into a greater relationship and walk with God. Uh, first lady, I'm coming. Amen. First Corinthians chapter two. First Corinthians chapter two, last scripture, verse 13 through 16. First Corinthians chapter two, verse 13 and 16. Amen. I'm going to cut this down and I'll finish some more next week. Uh, and then we will, uh, we have revival next Thursday and Friday online. And that's going to be powerful too. Okay. Holy Spirit is the author of the New Testament. I'm closing with this. First Corinthians chapter two, verse 13 and through 16. These things we also speak not in words, which man's wisdom teaches. Now, I want to really understand that because we're living in a time today where we are relying on men's wisdom for everything. All right. There are there is human wisdom. There is demonic wisdom and there is godly wisdom. I'm going to say it again. There is human wisdom. There is demonic wisdom and there is godly wisdom. Most of the wisdom, most of the wisdom, it's okay. Most of the wisdom that we receive from the world is human and demonic. I want you to hear me. I don't build, oh, hallelujah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go there for a second. I don't build my life off of human wisdom. I don't build my life off of demonic wisdom. I don't care what people do in secular society and the world around me. It doesn't mean I'm not oblivious to it, okay? But I don't pattern my life after other people outside of the word and wisdom of God. And the problem is we have made idols out of people. You better hear what I'm saying tonight. And then when they crumble, we crumble. But when you build your life on things eternal, I don't know why God's leading me this way, but when we build our lives on things eternal, things will happen, people will happen, things will come, things will go. But when we build our lives on the solid rock, it produces stability. And I believe by the spirit of God that one of the major reasons why we're seeing all this shaking, all these all this exposure, all kinds of stuff in the media, all kinds of people doing all kinds of strange things. I believe that we're seeing this prophetically. to walk in the power and the fullness of the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you tonight, by way of the Spirit of God, God wants to bring us into a greater dimension of who he is and what he's called, anointed, and destined us to do and to become. And I submit to you by the Spirit of God tonight, no matter what's going on, no matter what's happening around you, don't allow yourself to get caught up in celebrity gossip and media and everything else, so much so that we get hung in man's wisdom, because man's wisdom is limited. 
Only the wisdom of God. We got to press for the power. Only the wisdom of God is able to keep us and to sustain us. Last part of this verse, the natural man, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things, the natural man, the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor how can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Why? For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. I want to submit to you tonight. We have the mind of Christ. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, no matter what things look like, we have the mind of Christ. Don't forget that you have received the mind of Christ. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it seems like, no matter what it feels like, no matter what you're facing, we have received the mind of Christ. And because we have received the mind of Christ, I'm not worried about who slapped who. I'm not worried about who's doing this. I'm not worried about what this one said. I'm not worried about what that one said. We have the mind of Christ. And because we have the mind of Christ, we can discern what God wants done next. We can discern in the midst of the chaos around us what he's called us to do. We can discern and understand who we are in Christ because we have received the mind of Christ. My prayer tonight is that we don't get distracted by the headlines. We don't get distracted by everybody else. We don't get distracted by people being petty and all this kind of stuff, but that we keep our eyes on the prize and remember it's all about him. Father, I said what you told me to say. I've done what you told me to do. Now confirm this word with signs and obedience, signs and wonders following. Open the eyes of your understanding of your people that they will come into a greater maturity and to know who you are, uh, that they will come to know you in the power of your resurrection and in the fellowship of your suffering. Thank you for breathing on these lips of clay. Let no flesh get the glory tonight, but you get all glory, honor, and praise. Thank you for what you're doing, what you're continuing to do. Thank you for illuminating our hearts and minds with revelation and truth. Uh, we uproot every lie and we uh, root down everything that you have promised. And we thank you for doing it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Keep your eyes on the prize. Don't forget what God has called for you to do. If you're not saved, out of the ark of safety, we offer Christ to you. Confess with your mouth, believe in the heart of the Lord Jesus, and you are saved. Salvation does not happen overnight. but it is a relationship with the Lord and he will save you and he will deliver you. And I'm telling you, the Lord is a deliverer. I don't know who it is. I see since someone struggling with an addiction, the spirit of God is a deliverer. He will deliver you. You don't have to live secret sin and all of that. He will deliver you and set you free. I pray that you have been blessed tonight. I pray that this night has edified you. I pray that this night has strengthened you. I pray that this night has encouraged you and that you will continue on 
in the work of God. This coming Sunday is Palm Sunday. I'm going to be sharing the word of the Lord. God's given me a very unique message for this Sunday. Then we'll be back next week on Tuesday. Our Holy Week schedule will be Tuesday. And yes, revival will be on YouTube next week, Thursday and Friday. YouTube and Facebook next week, Thursday and Friday. And that will be the uh, Passion Week Revival, Raw Passion Week Revival. Got some very prophetic voices on for that. Uh, let's receive an offering tonight uh, freely as we have ministered. Uh, may you also uh, be a blessing. If you would like to bless uh, the teaching for tonight for Bible study, a free will offering, you can do so uh, on your screen by texting the word global to 51400. Plan a seed. Plant a seed, plant a seed. We give no charge. We do this for the work of the Lord. Plant a seed. Uh, we receive either an offering on our uh, Sunday services and some who uh, sow uh, in that way during the week. Plant a seed. We receive uh, even now. Text the word global to 51400. Some of you uh, have been blessed uh, to receive uh, wisdom revelation from us uh, weekly from our ministry, from this ministry. Uh, and this ministry has been a feeding ground for you. Uh, as we have sold the word, uh, so into uh, this work, the anointing here, that we can continue doing what we do in a spirit of excellence and expectation. You can do so by texting the word global to 51400. You can also go to our website, globalfirenow.com. Uh, also, uh, you can hit cash app dollar sign global fire now. All of these are valuable ways uh, to support the work of God through the global church. And we're so grateful for all of our ministry, family, partners, and friends, and all those who are connected. Thank you for sowing and supporting. Uh, we are a faith work church. What does that mean? That means that faith without works is dead. Whatever we do as a house corporately, online, on site, all of our ministry family from around the world enables us to do what God's called us to do. So thank you for your diligence and your faithfulness. Father, I bless your sheep tonight. I thank you for the privilege of sowing the word. This word has gone forth. Let it fall on good ground. And I pray that you would allow it to be blessed uh, in the hearts and minds of your people, 30, 60, 100 fold. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. May his countenance be with you and may he give you his peace. God bless you. I will see you on this coming Sunday, Lord's will. Amen.